Hello, dear friends, Jai Guru, and welcome to another episode of the Taylor to Chela podcast, featuring interviews and conversations with YSS SRF disciples of our sweet Guru Dave, Paramahansa Yogananda Ji. As we get to know a little more about some of our fellow disciples through the Taylor to Chela podcast, it gives us the opportunity to support them with our prayers, our goodwill and perhaps even with our resources and business connections. At the end of the podcast, I'll tell you how you can get to the free private access pages to further connect with our guests. Before we enter this next episode, let us listen to this quote of Guruji as shared by Mukti Madhavji, who was with Master when he was in the body. Mukti Ma is speaking. This is a time of spiritual rejuvenation, a time of drawing closer to God the Father and to the Divine Mother. Our Guru has said to us, a steady stream of divine power will flow to you, for the Great Ones have sent me here. When I am gone, you will realize this with greater impact. Little by little, a spiritual change will come to the true followers of this path and their influence will spread over the world. SRF is one of the greatest spiritual movements ever sent to help mankind. And today we have with us Eileen. Welcome, Eileen. Thank you for coming on board. All right. I'm uh, here. Okay, you're here. Uh, Eileen, where is here? Because devotees from 31 countries so far have been listening to the podcast. It's pretty amazing. We're, we're worldwide with uh, Guruji's family. So where are you? I'm in Virginia in the United States. We know there's a retreat in Virginia. Are you near to that? I'm an hour and a half from Greenfield. And have you been there? Yes. I go there for retreats, and it's wonderful. I Can love you? it there. Oh, good. Well, I've never been. Can you tell us a little bit about it? How was it run? Who's there? Do people live there? How, how is that? It is a, an estate in a rural area of Virginia and with rolling hills and lots of trees and a little, I think it's an artificial pond <laughs> and fountains and 
flowers. And a lot of devotees have moved from other parts of the country to live in houses and homes near there, to be near Greenfield. So it is, is a very, very wonderful place to be. Fantastic. So it sounds like there's a whole little community that's grown up around yes. uh, Greenfield. How many, how many people do you think are there? When I have gone there, mostly it's for something like John Mastami or something like that. So that draws a lot of people. So it may be uh, over 100 anyway. Wow. It's full. Wow, yeah. I had but no in, idea. But day in and day out for mm-hmm. their Tuesday night long meditation over the Sunday service, it may be like 50 or something like that. That's but it draws people from the D.C. area and from other parts of Virginia. I mean, it's an hour and a half drive for me, so I don't like to drive an hour and a half. Yeah. So I don't do that often, but yes. maybe yes. four times a year. So. Uh-huh. Okay. So um, let's get a little bit of profile on you, Eileen. Um, are you married? Do you have children? Were you raised in SRF? Is your spouse an SRF? Tell us about you. <laughs> I was raised Roman Catholic, which is really significant for me and my sadhana. I'm the youngest of five children, and I am married to a man who is a nominal SRF number member. He does not practice. He does not meditate. He is a scientist, and he says, I'm a Cartesian. I think, therefore, I am. Therefore, he does not want to meditate and stop thinking. <laughs> so he doesn't meditate, but he, I could not ask for a more supportive partner in my sadhana. I have one daughter. (laughs) She does not meditate or follow SRF. Um, You were saying that there was an example also of how your husband helps you and you came into the path together. Tell me about that. Well, we came, we joined together Mm -hmm. and we read the lessons together and we learned energizing together and after energizations it was early in the lessons my husband actually came to me very seriously and said I can't do this I'm just going to see what happens to you and it's been 40 years <laughs> so either I'm not doing very well, or, but he is, he is so supportive. I I was thinking of an example, like I was working full time. We were living in Hawaii and I was trying to establish the habit of meditating twice a day, which was quite difficult. Uh, we both read the book, How to Get Control of Your Time in Your Life which is a wonderful book, it has nothing to do with meditation, but I was trying to use it to develop the discipline, to figure out kind of cognitively how to do that. And so I read that book, and he read it also, and uh, it helped me to develop it. But what he did was I would fall asleep because I was exhausted after working all day and having a little kid, and he would wake me up and say, look, are you going to meditate or not? Well, <laughs> that was one of the ways. 
any other ways he would let me know when we had enough money for me to go to convocation. Um, one time we were camping and he's an astronomer and uh, we were, I said I wanted to meditate, but I was nervous to meditate on the beach because Hawaii beaches are not necessarily always safe. Mm-hmm. So he put, a sleeping bag out on the sand and he said you sit here and meditate and I'll lie down next to you and look at the stars and then you don't have to worry oh, about anything oh, oh what a divine friend you have I do yes fantastic fantastic okay well you know Guruji's um, no doubt blessing him profoundly, and you know just looking at Guruji's face, I think is is uh, life changing, isn't it? Don't you just it is for me. You know, like like there's some kind of little sparkle that goes on that changes your DNA or whatever. Um, even looking into those eyes, my gosh, you know I I had someone tell me years ago. Um, I went to a, a, a woman who had a particular skill, and um, she was talking. She was talking about my my mother and my mother's health. And at that time, the two things I did not want to talk about was my mother and my mother's health. And and so inside, I was just screaming to Master. I just. I didn't come here to hear this, but what I had told Master previously, look, I only want to hear what you want me to hear. So when I heard myself scream, I don't want to hear this, um, it took me aback. I said, oh, okay, what do you want me to hear, Master? And she immediately, no, this was internal, but she immediately said, your mother is more spiritual than you'll ever give her credit for, and you were the channel in this life for her to be exposed to master. When she comes mm-hmm. back, she is going to be masters and she, she'll be drawn to master and she won't really know why, but you've been the channel for that. Mm-hmm. So isn't that a lovely, lovely. Uh, story? Yes. Uh, yes. I didn't know I was going to share that one, but there you go. <laughs> um, Okay, so we were talking a little bit earlier, and you said you, that you thought your early childhood had a lot to a lot of significance to your sadness. So, why don't you start there and just take us through and um, what impact that I had, and how you found Guruji, and just go, and I'll be quiet. Okay, uh, I I am the youngest of five, and our family was. I would say very, very Catholic, but not in a bad way. It was, you know, we got a lot of our moral training, I think, through that. But the the situation in my family was my father was a stronger person, very warm and very uh, kind of an authoritarian. And the Catholic religion is the father. And uh, Jesus was the son. And I thought of Jesus as my brother and God the father as the main character. <laughs> the main God uh, image for me was the father. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a very strong concept of God. As a little child, I would go out. I would lie down in the yard and look up at the sky 
and try to feel God's presence by being very quiet. And it was always God the Father that I was feeling the presence of. And uh, so I still look to God the Father. I was very Catholic up through my teenage years, and I went to a Catholic college and when I was 17. But that's when I started to drift away from the Catholic Church. When you're 17, you start asking a lot of questions. And I started reading about reincarnation. I started reading Tagore. I just became fascinated, and it was so logical to me. Reincarnation made so much more sense than I don't know if you're aware of the Catholic teachings, but at one time they had limbo where you went if you were a baby born without baptism, but you hadn't done anything bad. You just died. You went to limbo. So you were forever, forever and ever. You were in a state of limbo. (laughs) It just made so little sense to me. And my background is sociology. So, I mean, I'm looking at all of the horrible things that you can be born into and all of the pain, and it just didn't make sense to me that you only had one shot at it, you know, because <laughs> your, your chances of getting a bad start are very good. You could be very poor, you could be beaten, you could, you know, all the, anyway. The other thing that is it's significant in my development, and I don't know about other people, but I was the youngest and I was spoiled, and very loved, very loved, my, you know, siblings and my parents, but you can get spoiled. But anyway, I had temper tantrums. And I never looked at this in particular, but uh, that's a very painful thing to experience. I mean, if you talk about uh, attachment, that is an extreme form of attachment to have a temper tantrum that you want something. I mean, it could be your own way about something or other. And you have no control. You have no, you're screaming and crying and you're feeling abject awfulness. (laughs) Well, when I was about eight, I think seven or eight years old, I was having a terrible temper tantrum and I was crying. I was heartbroken about something and I, I have to think it was master, but something very strong and very, very intense to my heart stopped me and said, you will be very happy as an adult with someone in California. Wow. <laughs> but can you imagine being Whoa. eight years old? What do you do with that? But you you don't know what to do with it as a little child. You can't talk to somebody about it because they're going to think you're totally nuts. Yes, and there's no context for it either. No context at all. But I never forgot it. And I met my husband in Hawaii, and I fell so much in love with him. And and I'm thinking, well, what happened to California? (laughs) (laughs) My husband and I wrote our own marriage vows. Uh And... We, we really took it seriously. And one of our vows is that I will support you in whatever way you choose to grow. Wow. Well, that's a fantastic vow. Something, uh, whether or not it's part of the marriage vows for, for all of us who are married 
we're married, it's, um, it's a terrific place to be with your partner. So, mm-hmm. and if you have it, how blessed are you? Really, really, really. Yes. So, okay, dear. So how did you find Guruji? Let's go to the big question. I have a very close friend in Hawaii. Her husband, he collects books to the point that I think their floors are sagging. But he got the autobiography. He read it. And he gave it to my friend Bonnie. And she started to read it. But she, she looked at that. But she said, this is for Eileen. I've got to give it to Eileen. And that woman bugged the heck out of me to read that book. And I go, okay, okay, okay. But I mean, I was kind of busy, actually. Anyway, uh, I think it took me months to actually read it. I read it, and I couldn't take my eyes off that picture. I knew him. Uh-huh. Couldn't put the book down. You read it. No, actually, it took you a long time to read it. And But when I did start reading it, I, I read it intensely. And everything came together, all those questions I had about Catholicism and all my reading. So that was a number of years ago, and you've been uh, practicing Kriyaban shortly thereafter and ever since? 1981, I became a Kriyaban. Okay. So tell me, um, if you will, what are the benefits of, of having Guruji in your life? Can you encapsulate that? It's, it's such a close person that is with you whenever you want, whenever you can be there with him. That, and the writings, everything is there that you can read. And the meditation is always there. And you can always go in. You can always go in. And it's there. Everything is there. It's just the constancy and the, the answers are always there or can be there. As soon as you go into that place, things are answered. It's, it's just so full. Very nice. Very nice. And are you aware of changes in yourself or your, in your life since being a disciple? I'm gradually getting better. (laughs) I have always, what? I said, aren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Well, as a child, I was telling you about the temper tantrums and uh, I was, I think, a very happy, energetic, lively little kid and very, very happy sometimes. And then that temper part would be very unhappy and I still feel that juxtaposition of the I think it's your ego and you're not ego is that when you're in the uh, spiritual part of yourself you're flowing and so I would say that the percentage of time that I'm in the spiritual time is gotten larger and the part which is narrow and Ego is less, but it, the juxtaposition is still really extreme to me that you could go from feeling so good to feeling 
<laughs> to having to struggle on this myic plane. Well, right. that kind of brings us into another question. What about dry periods? I think we all have them. Uh, would you share with us about yours, how you deal with it? or I, Meditation is just the answer. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would say dry periods. I, I guess I don't look at it. I don't uh, describe it like that, but would be that there's so much going on that it's hard to, my mind is so preoccupied that it's hard to get in there. It's hard to go okay. within. Distractions yeah. of life. Yeah. Activity and issues that are pressing to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have a couple of other rather large questions, Eileen. Um, one is, what, what has been the biggest challenge for you in this lifetime? The challenges, you know, in my personality, the, our hypersensitivity and temper. Those are challenges. Let me, let you know, if you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they're challenges if you're trying to grow. You know, if you're totally immersed in the ego, you don't even feel it as a challenge. It's just how you are, <gasps> right? I guess, but I don't see how you could not see it. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And uh, second question is, in terms of achievement for this lifetime um, and, and desires for achievement in this lifetime, just looking at, if you're, you're in that period where you're looking back at this lifetime, what is it you would like to see or be able to say about yourself? I would like to look back and say that I am, that I'm more spiritual most of the time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or in that free, it's very free to be in your spiritual self, in your not bound, caught up in your ego sensitivity or uh, being annoyed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, the peace, that first um, expression of, of the divine is peace, as Guruji explains it. And, and I think that's what you've been talking about all along is uh, with that freedom because there's a, a peace there. There's a freedom from angst, perhaps a freedom from um, attachment, desire. Um, mm-hmm. Well, peace is, is part of it. The other part of it is that the stillness is part of it, but the, the loving flow that you can be in is another I like to be there all the time okay okay my dear I'm gonna finalize this with one more question um but before I do that is there anything else that you would like to share with the devotees around the globe I am happy as an adult. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> In case everyone, anyone was worried about you, right? <laughs> um, <Very good. laughs> I, I think I think maybe in terms of looking back at accomplishments, 
the accomplishment of the meditation morning and night. I think that's specifically an accomplishment. Okay. Yes. Okay, my last question is this. Um, being a veteran Kriyavan on the path and really working at it, as you do and many of us do, what advice would you give, insight, uh, to someone who is new on the path in this lifetime? I think it's the same I have heard other people say, is that you do forgive yourself. I mean, because, I mean, you, you keep trying and you do what you can and you, you keep trying. I mean, I don't want to let anybody off the hook. <laughs> you do keep trying, but forgive, you don't uh, guilt trip yourself or hurt yourself, be harsh with yourself when you don't do it, when you can't do it for some reason, it, just pick yourself up and keep going. Do the best you can. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then. I think we'll, we'll wrap up on that note. And okay. again, thank you so very much for coming. Jai Guru. Jai Ma. Jai Guru. Well, dear friends, it's wonderful to hear these stories, isn't it? If you would like access to the private pages where guest contact and other information is posted, it's free and easy. Just email to subscribe to the Soul Calls Infinity mailing list. The email address is subscribe at soulcallsinfinity.org. For those of you who may be driving or jogging while listening, the link to subscribe will be in the show notes. The Chela de Chela podcast is sponsored by Soul Calls Infinity, and the music is courtesy of Soul Calls Music Meditations by Saranya, available online at soulcalls.org and on YouTube. I'm your host, Brenda Roberts, and I'd love to share your story. Email me for guest guidelines and preparation details. That's Brenda at soulcallsinfinity.org. I'm looking forward to sharing the next episode with you, where we'll be meeting another uniquely devoted disciple of our beloved master, Paramahansa Yoganandaji. In closing, let's listen again to this quote of Muktima and Master. Muktima is speaking. This is a time of spiritual rejuvenation, a time of drawing closer to God the Father and to the Divine Mother. Our Guru has said to us, A steady stream of divine power will flow to you, for the Great Ones have sent me here. When I am gone, you will realize this with greater impact. Little by little, a spiritual change will come to the true followers of this path and their influence will spread over the world. SRF is one of the greatest spiritual movements ever sent to help mankind. 
So, dear friends, I hope you will share the podcast with at least one other SRF YSS devotee as we walk together in the spirit of divine friendship and in the love of God and Guru, affirming what we know to be true. It's a wonderful life with Guruji in it. Jai Guru Jai. Yeah.